Welcome to the 54th edition of the Pro Wrestling Zone. I am your current majestic champion of the world, Tiger Height. I'm Peanut Gallery, not the, not the majestic champion of the world. And um, we have a lot to cover. We do. Yes, so a lot of news, so let's hop into that. But first, um, well, no, let's just hop into it. Yeah, we'll let's just hop into the news. Right. So Andrew Yang, who has been in the news quite recently um, from coming out of that McMahon fiasco from last week, is really going to be pushing um, re-registering the WWE superstars as true independent contractors and the um, business administration right. reevaluating what WWE does with these right. performers and how the contracts are written. Um, he has been very, very hyper-aggressive right. about it. Um, what are your thoughts about this, of what he has said and what his um, overall goal is, and what do you think will come out of it? Well, I think what's going to come out of it is one of two things. Either the WWE is going to have to give their superstars more creative freedom, mm -hmm. or they are going to have to reclassify, reclassify them as employees. Yes. Which would be... I think it would be a first for a beige, for um, a wrestling organization of any type. No, no. Uh, Lucha Underground oh. had them as um, classified employees because oh. during the actual thing, um, they couldn't make money outside of it. So they were basically sitting at home right. doing nothing. But technically, when they got injured, um, I think AEW does it a little bit more so of it. But there's they can wrestle wherever. Right. Um, I don't I think. I think that. Well, I think that what the road WWE is going to take is they're going to take the. And we'll we'll talk about yeah. the update about and that. Whole I third party I don't thing. know. Do you want to do? You just want to talk about the whole third party update thing anyway? My God. Yeah, let's just do that. <laughs> um. So, they had specified it further on what they meant. Yes. By this third party. Yes. They did not outright say that none of these wrestlers could have. Twitch, YouTube, right. Cameo. Thanks. They just had to do it under their real name, not under their stage name. Which is fine, because right. that's what you do. Unless you own your ring name, like right. AJ Styles, he can use his name right. for this reason. Right. Um, but that's fine. I don't think anybody had a problem with that. Right. Um, but yeah, that's, you know, I, I think the, I think people kind of overreacted a little bit, and I'm guilty of it too. Right. Um, if they can do it under their real name, I don't see a problem with nope, that. No, neither do I. Um, it's it's essentially going to be business as usual from right. this point on. So I think everybody needs to calm down. Um, but this did spark the Andrew Yang thing. So I right. think WWE kind of put their um, well. Put Andrew foot in Andrew their mouth. Yang's always been opposed to it. He has. Um, um, he's so a, that's... He's, been a, he's been a big wrestling fan too. So this is nothing outside of his will. Right. It's kind of the same thing that Uber and Lyft are kind of going through too with with their yep. classification of well, employees. Well, they're 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 just outright avoiding it. But that's a right. whole that's a whole other can of worms. Right. But but it's along the same sorts of lines, I think, in that you know there has to be some sort of negotiation between what is a what is independent true independent versus what is true uh you know uh w2 employees i mean i think uber and lyft are fine because you can work for uber and lyft you can work right. you can work for but, them but, simultaneously right but then there are certain things that they don't you know this is very complicated but with wwe seems more clear-cut right because yes they are independent contractors but quote they, unquote but they 
they can't do things that other independent contractors in the wrestling industry can do. Right. So, I mean, that's that's just the way that it is. Exactly. Um, Ivar. Let's talk about Ivar. Okay. Because there was a big thing about what happened at Raw. So, he did his general suicide dive. And the equivalent of this injury, it mm-hmm. was a cervical injury. Right. Basically, it was if somebody went head first right. into their windshield going directly right. into a car at 50 miles an hour, um, which is the extent of the injury. Um, Fun. I am surprised he is not paralyzed. It uh, Cervical, which means like his entire back got jacked up. Mm-hmm. They believe that the injury was not as bad at first. Right. But when they went to the hospital, that's when they did that classification. Yep. And then he might need surgery. So Um, he's going to be out for a while. He's going to be out for a while. This could be career ending. Well, I haven't heard anything about career ending. I I don't know. Maybe. He's going to be out for a long time. Right. Uh, Let's talk about G1. Hooray. They They have announced the people in it and i think it's big because a lot of these stars didn't could not travel at the time so let's go through a block first okay kota bushi tomohiro ishii kazuchika okada shingo takaji yujiro takahashi taichi minoru suzuki jeff cobb will osprey jay white okay block b hiroshi tanahashi hiroki goto toro yano yoshihashi Sonata, Tetsuya Naito, Evil, Zack Sabre Jr., Juice Robinson, and Kenta. Okay. Um, I I love the lineup. It's it's a good lineup. A Block looks a lot more powerful, honestly. That doesn't you know to me it's they're both they both have their strengths. But um, do you have any do you have any kind of prediction about G One right now? Uh, you know, I think it's too early to call. Mm-hmm. Um, I would, you know, and, and I think, I don't know. I mean, either it's going to be someone like Ibushi, Okada, but they've been giving us a lot of surprises this year, yeah. too. So I wonder if it's going to be someone that we don't expect. Right, and I think they're really doing that, and it's really starting right. to work in their favor, it especially is. with, like, the whole evil reign. Right. Um, I can't really say for sure, but I believe, in my opinion, obviously, B-Block the winner of B Block is going to be evil. I'm going to at least eh, put that one up there. I don't know. You've you've got some others in there that could be there, surprises. There are, there are some there are some heavy hitters, and obviously that is a huge like forward prediction. We're gonna. I don't. I don't think it's gonna. I mean, I don't know. Well, we'll we'll see. We'll see who's yeah. gonna start winning and losing. And when we'll, we'll when see a pattern. When does the G1 climax start? I think it starts... You should have. You should know this. I know. It's either next week or at the very end of September. Okay. It's actually coming up here really soon. Okay. Uh, yeah. And is that 30 participants? That's not 30 participants. No, there's only 20 participants. Yeah, there's only 20 this year. But yeah, I think just because of the restrictions. Well, again, you put 30 participants on, the, on oh, the news. My bad. <sighs> I need to recount. All right, so yes, uh, those are the participants. God, you're just struggling. I'm fine. Oh, my God. Well, I did see this one, and I want to go down to this one because I think this one is important. Okay. Uh, Simone Johnson is going to undergo knee surgery again. Yes. Um, to what I've seen is that this is a condition that she has had before. Yes. Um, her knees keep um, popping out of socket right. and coming back in, so... This third surgery yep. is meant to correct that. Yes. So nothing too serious. Um, nothing should be pulled into any kind of scrutiny. But, right. Um, you know, just some just some 
uh, precaution procedure of what I can say about it. Okay. WWE's um, filed a trademark for um, Estante Adonis. Ashante Adonis. Ashante, Ashante Adonis and Desmond Trey. Ashante Is it Adonis. Troy or Trey? Tro Troy. Troy. Jeez. I need my glasses or here. I'm just going to do this. I don't know why I didn't do this before. I'm struggling. Hang on. He is struggling. There. Okay. Much better. Um, yes. Uh, so Ashante, Ashante Adonis has. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Ashante Adonis has already been assigned to, to Hootie Miles. Who debuted on uh, NXT and 205 Live recently. No idea where De no idea who Desmond Troy is. We have or, no idea. Or, yeah. They filed that like two days ago. Right. So we so, have no clue. We'll see. We really we really will see, but I'm excited to see what they're going to do. All right. WWE released 70 people this last week, according to rumors. 70? Yeah. 70 people from I only w have I only have three. Well, well, these are the three that actually matter. Right. Though a lot of them were backstage people. Ah, okay. But WWE did release a lot of people who were doing like production for live events and stuff like that right. that were previously furloughed. The three big ones, Sarah Stock... Mike Rotunda and Gerald Briscoe. That Gerald, one I was mad about. Gerald Briscoe after 36 years, Mike Rotunda after 20 years. Yep, and then Sarah Stock was fairly recent. Yeah, she was, also, she's Sarah been in the Stock company, was I Rosita think. Yeah. DNA, uh, Mike Rotunda is Bray Wyatt's and Bo Dallas's dad. Gerald yep. Briscoe, if you don't know who Gerald Briscoe is, you're not a real wrestling fan. I don't know how you're here. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but yeah, uh, along with you know about, I think I think the rumor said it was up to seventy people were released That's last crazy. week. Crazy, yes. Um, I mean, if they don't need them, I don't understand why you would pay them. People really need to calm down about that shit. Well, who knows when live events are going to come back on? And and we've talked about this before too, where we think that live they were, events, they were thinking about pushing out live events anyway. Yeah, they were thinking about getting rid of live events anyway. Right. So, um, there we go. All right. Uh, former TNA wrestlers. Oh, this one's gonna be rough. Okay, Stevie, not Stevie Ray. No, no, it's it's it is Stevie Ray. Okay, but it's not the Stevie Ray that you know. Right. So, but you this, have Stevie. Oh, sorry, Stevie no, Ray. <laughs> Stevie Ray. No, it is. Stevie. It's, it's, it's his name is Stevie Ray, but it's not the Stevie Ray that you're going to assume we're talking about. Yes. Yeah, so this was a midget wrestler. He was known as Puppet. The Psycho Dwarf in TNA. This is very early TNA. Right. Like 2003, I think, right? Yeah. Um, he went from wrestling to a very successful career in film. So he was in American Horror Story and Oz the Great and Powerful, Jackass 3D, um, to name some others. But he did pass away. I think he was like 43. Yeah. And we have no idea what happened there. Right. But the bigger one of the two... Is, is Barry the, Scott. Is Barry Scott. The, the voice of TNA Wrestling passed away on I'm Thursday. I'm so pissed off. So he did watch our show, and ah. I did have the opportunity to hire him to do an intro for us. Ah. Um, I am pissed off that I did not jump on that opportunity. Yes. Because um, obviously he had like the voice of gold. Right. But yeah, uh, we are not aware of his death either. Yeah. But, uh, you or know, the cause of it. Right. We have no idea. Okay. Uh, we will keep you posted about any right. kind of update about that. Uh, from from that from that very depressing news, let's go to a much nicer news. AEW surpassed an average of three or one three million one wow. million. I'm doing well. One million viewers on Dynamite. And the only week. reason that happened is because NXT was on Tuesday that yes. week as well. So 
and NXT did not do all that bad no. because they had eight hundred thousand. I think it was like right um thirty thousand lower than what it was last right. week, but nothing too bad. Right. Um. But yes, one million viewers. Yes, and, and they kept that pretty consistent yes, throughout they the did. show. Um, congratulations to AEW. Yes. Hopefully that will continue to... Hopefully that is not just a... Well, a that is not an anomaly that is... Right. Well, the, the, that's, general, that's, the general pattern was uh, climbing. Well, it was like boop, 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 Well, it always does that, but yeah. All right. So, uh, a class action lawsuit about WWE about... This was, this was the head injury class, yes. class action lawsuit that was put in like a couple of years ago. Yeah. It was it dismissed. Was, it was dismissed. Yes. Um, I have no idea why. We'll keep you updated. That's that's about the extent that I am aware of. Okay, Marty Jannetty. Has, oh God, Marty Jannetty right. admitted. So you remember when Marty Jannetty uh, said he killed somebody when he was like thirteen? Yes, that was fake news. Yes, he he did admit that it was a fabricated story, and he said that it was a part of a wrestling storyline. Marty Jannetty is only. Why does this guy have? Why do they allow him to have social media? Right. He wanted to fuck his daughter. Um, he said that on Facebook, which yeah, is super creepy. Well, it, it was not his actual daughter, but it was like somebody who he raised. Right. And he's like, we've been putting off fucking each other because I thought he, she was my daughter. I'm like, what, what the, the fuck? Yeah. <laughs> and then he put this out, and we're like, okay, that's kind of weird, and it was self-defense. The police investigated the incident, and then he comes right. out and says, oh, this is fake. This guy needs to be thrown in jail or something. <sighs> right. Jeez, they made the right choice of going with Sean fucking Michaels. He had some issues of his own, but for God's sake. <laughs> right. Speaking of other people who we question why they have social media, Donald Trump. Well, he's WWE <laughs> Hall of Famer and, and US, U.S. President. president. I can't say. Has been nominated for a Nobel Peace Prize by someone from, I believe, Sweden. It was Norway. Norway. It was, it was a so, higher so, up So Norway. a Norwegian has. And there has been a tremendous amount of support from other dignitaries right. after this as well right. for brokering the Israel-United Arab Emirates peace deal, right. but that is not including the other peace deal that, he, Bahrain. Also, right. that he brokered. Yeah. And it's like, okay, um, you know, also, um, fun fact, Israel just went down into their second lockdown today. Hooray! Uh, because of COVID. Hooray! Because COVID cases are, like, spiking to hell. But yes, he is um, up for a Nobel Peace Prize. Hooray! Um, will he get it? For the most part, I wouldn't be surprised if he did. Well, you know, I mean... I... They're they're gonna have to save face. The Nobel Peace Prize been going downhill recently. Yeah, it's it's not been doing let's, all that well. You know, let's oh let's give it to President Obama and then. Yeah, that was not a good idea. Yeah, I'm sorry, no. people. I mean, the ninety percent of people who actually were like it was a good idea have no fucking idea what he got the right. actual prize for. Like, what did he get it for? I don't know. I actually have no idea. I, what did he get it for? I have no idea. I'd have to look it up. But anyways, <laughs> don't give no don't give a Nobel Peace Prize to a sitting U.S. president. Because reasons. Now, if you okay, want to give at least, it, at least with this, there's something there. But if you want to give it, I mean, Jimmy Carter has a Nobel Peace Prize, but the, he never got it until like years after his reign as president. Right. Was there over. was a there was a there was a different right. there was a different standard of what it is to right. give a Nobel Peace I, Prize. I to. I have I have a lot of a lot of qualms with giving it to someone who is sitting in a powerful position. Right. They need to leave it now, first. Now, is is this worthy of a Nobel Peace Prize? Yes. Yes, it is. But 
don't give it to him too soon. Right. That's my point. My point is, is don't. They're, they're, they're doing it because he's always right. in the news. Don't don't strike while the iron is hot when it comes to Nobel Peace Prizes. So, anyways, I think that's all the news we have for the week. Absolutely. So, so when, when we come, we come back, back, it is going to be Peanut Gallery's second episode of his Bibble Study. Yes. And then an announcement for and an announcement for me because it's going to be in the vein of the same thing. Yes, it is. So stay tuned. We'll be stay back. Stay tuned. And we are back. And before we get into Peanut Gallery's Bibble Study, yeah. I have an announcement. I will also be doing a separate segment, and it is going to be a the, a very in depth history lesson of professional wrestling. Hooray! Um, the name I have not decided yet, but yes, we'll start that next week. Right. Um, and I am not sure what I'm going to do it on. I will announce it on Twitter along with our topic for next week, yes. which I'm very excited about. All right, right. yes. So, Peanut Gallery, um, I did read it a little bit, but I would like you to yes. at least lay the groundwork. So, anyways, um, so this is another bashing of, of uh, Mr. Jackson Riker here, but... I am planning on expanding it. I have uh, I have plans to expand it. So that's kind of where I'm at. So anyways, let's talk about what Jackson Riker has been saying. We're first going to start off with 1 Kings 1821. So essentially what he's saying is this thing references like the coming of Jesus and we all have to have faith and and faith and prayers seem to be his themes for the week but understand that the New Testament the Old Testament does not mention Jesus specifically this guy has no fucking idea about the context of the Old Testament and he was talking about the greatness and glory well here's the thing back in the days of one kings two kings chronicles you know like the historical section of this the Jews at the or I guess they weren't called Jews but the Hebraic culture because mm-hmm. there, no there was no such thing as Judaism back in those days. Mm-hmm. They acknowledged the existence of other gods, but they said that their national god, the national god of Israel, which we now know as Yahweh, was better. So the Jews did not believe that, oh, this god is greater and all these other ones are just idols. It it didn't work quite like that. It was very much akin to the Greek mythology than it was anything because the other gods were very important. But they were important in different ways. But then Zeus was the all-encompassing right. god right. of the gods and goddesses. But, but the Jews, because of their, you know, because they were not given, you know, because the land that they were supposedly quote unquote given, that that land was actually occupied by the Hittites, and they drove the Hittites out. So they've always been attacked by larger cultures on the on the fringes. Same thing happened with them, the Babylonians, with them and the Romans. So really, the entire Old Testament is the struggle that the Jews went through, or the Hebraic culture went through. So their national god was seen as this all-powerful national god in their eyes. There, this is not a reference to God as a single monolithic, monotheistic thing, and all of these other gods were just fake. They acknowledged the existence of these other gods, but they just said my god is the best right yes moving on to 2 corinthians 12 8 through 10 uh i'm just thinking does this guy understand context at 
all. Well, you see, you can't. <laughs> well, you, you you can't take the interpretation of any religious text right just by a single verse. Right. It's it's like reading a book. Right. You have to read the whole chapter to understand. Right. The whole chapter. I mean, I understand the message was fine. I actually, you know, it actually did resonate a little bit with me, but. This kind of shit can be found in other religions as well. You know, Christianity does not have this sort of monopoly on this idea. In fact, this idea about keeping the faith, about, you know, about uh, uh, not giving up when times are tough kind of thing, that's like a common, like, human thing. Jesus, that was in the Egyptians. That was almost like the entire antithesis of the Egyptian culture because as they were – because Egypt was not the most powerful nation in the world for the very – for actually until like the last, what, 100, 200 years of its existence. And anyways, moving on because well, I'm, I'm this, just this this guy is just starting to piss me off. Then he goes, <laughs> then he goes to Romans four eight. He's he's choking. Romans four eighteen through nineteen again again with the this gospel of Paul bullshit. I talked about this last week. Ow. Um, but. The gospel call Paul is all about having faith. That's why I call Romans this is the gospel of freaking Paul. It's all about having faith because Paul. He has a very vested interest in not wanting to die. I wonder if I, I, I wonder if I extend an invitation to Matt Dillahunny that we have a peanut gallery in Matt right. Dillahunny's Bible study. That'd be fucking cool. <laughs> okay, so we're moving on to another gospel that I have a problem with. The gospel of John, which was written about 300 or so years after the supposed life of Jesus. Right. And John is a very metaphysical, a very unique gospel among the four that are in the Bible, of course, there's like thirteen of them, but right. they only they only wanted four. Whatever, you know. I like the Gospel of Thomas <laughs> myself. Even even <laughs> even in his notes, I have a problem with John. <laughs> I have problems with John. John is it, literally the entire premise of it was to say Jesus is God, and and that's a very like Nicaea kind of thing. Yep. I mean, it would not have been included had had Marcion got his way. So let's just go with that, right? And and it talks about Satan and the world and how it's against God, and it's like seriously, this shit's so childish. You don't need to have a little Satan guy and a little God guy. You realize that. That heaven and hell are on your shoulders. You got heaven on one side and hell on the other. You know those angels? Yes. That that's literally what what the the dichotomy, the battle is. It's within your own head. <laughs> because wasn't wasn't there not really a mention of an actual physical hell right. in the Bible whatsoever? No, there hell? there there isn't a, there isn't a mention of a physical hell or a physical heaven. Jesus didn't believe in a physical hell or a physical heaven. But again, he was a Jew. They believed in the grave, which right. is like what happens after you die, but all everyone goes there. Right. And and the interpretation of heaven and hell being two separate things, that's something that was invented yes. like hundreds of years after the gospels were a thing. So right. you know, talking about hell, now this the devil figure does exist as this dichotomy of evil, but you have to remember too that um, that the Bible is very well known for personifying things. Yes. Like wisdom. Wisdom is a very good example of a personification of an idea. Right. So the so the devil is just a personification of an idea that we otherwise cannot have 
that we otherwise cannot have any idea how to interpret. Right. So we personify it, kind of like how the Greeks and the Romans, they personify like volcanoes. Right. For example, because they didn't understand how volcanoes work, so they personified it. By, or, by it being the by, gateway by Vulcan, to hell. Right. By, by Vulcan. Or hurricanes and, and tidal waves. They they couldn't interpret why it, or how it happened, but Just, they personified it as Neptune's wrath. Yes. That kind of or, thing. Or, Pos- or Poseidon's right. wrath in Greek mythology. Right. Whichever, whichever one floats your toots. Right. Um, so, anyways, let's move on. Psalm 112.1, and so he's talking about praising the Lord, and so it's like, okay, that's like that's like Psalm's mo is like praising yeah, the Lord. It's it's it's, it's 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 like you could do that with almost any Psalm in this freaking Psalm, thing. Psalm, Psalm is essentially like a Jesus jerk off sesh for the most part. Well, it's like a God jerk off sesh. David was well, yeah. It's yeah. Like, this is what happens when you do this, right? Instead of what why you do this is because you don't want to go to hell, right? Psalms is the positive aspect, right? Of and then and then I say saying prayers and right. it's like it so, seems to be a so theme. Essentially, what Riker was saying in this is exactly what they want right. you to say when you're reading songs. Right, exactly. And then the Iron Horse podcast talks about it because he also had that Iron Horse podcast where he talks about his faith and that kind of thing. And he I talked about his experience in the military. Right. And, that was that was and, relatively recently. Right. Too. Uh, yeah, that was like the other day I think that no, came that was, out. Yeah. That came out on the 11th. Yeah, but it was so, recorded like a couple of months. Yeah, ago. it was. Um, but anyways, the. So I'm try- I'm starting to understand why he believes the way that he believes is because he probably saw some traumatic shit when mm-hmm. he was on on tour, yep. and so it, it's I can understand kind of where he's coming from in that regard. But dude, you gotta find an outlet. <laughs> well, well I, I guess it is his outlet. His it, outlet it is, is, it, it, is it is doing his, this Bible study. Yeah, it is his outlet. And you know, like I said, we're not here to like bash him and his beliefs right. because we don't believe in that. But Pina Gallery has like this outwardly contextual understanding of the Bible, right? Because the Word of God is like super interpreted. And 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 the problem is, is he's interpreting this literally. And I'm saying that if you don't interpret it literally, if you just interpret it metaphorically, right. You get a lot more. You get a lot richer experience. And out you know, of it, there, there's a but, lot of there are a lot of positive things to right. get out from the Bible. But it's like you can't just look at the rose-colored lenses of what he, right. what it's talking about. Right. Um. You know, there's a lot of really, really nasty things in the Bible. I mean, God, even in the Bible, God is a jealous, evil, hating. Right. Right. God. Fucking, God. God. I think is the one who's evil in the Old he's, Testament. He's an angsty teenager. Right. Seriously. And then, like, for the commandments are about. Oh my God. He's all about me right exactly it's it's exactly what it is <laughs> it's like jesus if you if you wrote if you wrote a 10 commandments i don't think there'd be one commandment that would have to do with me right like I don't give a fuck if you worship me or not. Right. And, you know, and, there, there, like I said, there are some things in and, there. And, you know, Luke, it goes back to Luke 18, 1, answering prayers. I mean, he's really emphasizing this whole prayer life thing. But but, but why, by what means do you say a prayer? Like, is there a proper way to do it? Because I'm telling you, Hell, if you— people, people pray for the hurt and death of others. Right. They, they pray to God to do this. Right. So I'm like, that's, that's not prayer. Right. So, like, by what means are you trying to— to say prayers and by what means are you trying to get prayers answered that's my question so that's kind of where i'm going to leave it just you know if you do say your prayers to me that's fine but but really understand what it means to say a prayer right like 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 what what they teach you in church and what you actually should be doing are two totally different things exactly 
So oh, I'm not sure if you were done or not. I mean, that's kind of where I want to leave off with it. Okay. <laughs> I, I just deleted it. Um, so. so next week... Uh, we are going to. I'm gonna. I'm gonna do more research and try to find more. You know, obviously we have like the Truth Network. We have other there, there figures are, uh, there, in, there are in wrestling. There are actually a lot. There are actually a yeah. lot of wrestling figures to do that. And Peter Gallagher is gonna do more of a um, in, breakdown yeah. of it. Yeah. But then my then my thing will debut too. With right. The history lesson. And I will. I'll talk about it more. Right. Um. About it when we do it. But I'm very excited to do yes. this. And, we might incorporate more like regular segments if we don't right. have like shows to do. Right. So, anyways, uh, when we come back, we are going to go through our main topic. I'll do, which oh, I'll do mine first because oh. you just had that whole existential thing. And I, okay, sounds yeah. good. We'll just do that. All right. So, um, we're gonna talk about uh, rivalries. about rivalries, of, like despicable rivalries, right. almost. But we'll uh, see you guys on the other side. Yep.
and we are back. So the topic that we have been covering for this week are rivalries, and rivalries based on controversial topics for the most part. They didn't have to necessarily be bad, but they had to be there. Right. So I'm going to continue with mine because Pina Gallery did his whole thing about the Bible study. For mine, I chose three categories. Sex, wrestler's death, and race. Now, with sex, this one was a little bit more difficult because sex what? Sex is a part of the physical act of it. Or um, sexuality, which I could have done as well. But I think we did like a whole thing about androgynous characters. That kind of covered the yeah. majority of that. Or, um, you know, sexism. I chose more about um, the cross-dressing part of it because how they did this was, number one, very insulting to women. I think this was like the antithesis of people getting really angry about the treatment of women's wrestling at the time. I'm talking about Santina Morella. Yeah. Wrestle the Okay, number one, WrestleMania 25 was called the 25th anniversary of WrestleMania. It no. was not. No, that's the 24th anniversary. The first day of your wedding is not the first anniversary of your wedding, WWE morons. Anyway, WrestleMania 25 had the Miss WrestleMania Battle Royal, where they had a bunch of women come out. Number one, we'll talk about the whole, um, I'll talk about Kid Rock's bullshit anyway. Um, one of the worst segments in WrestleMania history. And that led into it where all the women were dancing over Kid Rock. So it's like, okay, great. Now the... Now, Miss WrestleMania is going to be associated with this. The treatment of women at this time was, like, the worst thing ever. <laughs> but all of a sudden, you know, you had this battle royal, whatever. Great. Um, they could have at least done something cool with it where, like, the winner got a, like, right. a women's title match or whatever. Fine. But they didn't. They had Santino Morella dress in drag and win the Battle Royal. Yes. And not only did they do it for just the Battle Royal for a goof, it continued. <laughs> and it continued to the next pay-per-view, which was Backlash, where Santina Morella put up her Miss WrestleMania against Vicky Guerrero in a hog pen match. Oh, my God. Now, um, the purpose of... Of this whole thing about Santina Morella was just to get Vince McMahon off because this was McMahon's idea. <laughs> the back, the backstage, um, the backstage atmosphere of this was entirely the women were about to walk out too, like entirely because they knew what right. was going to happen. Actually, there were some of them who didn't even know right. that Santino Morella was going to win this. What they were told was a debuting women's wrestler was going to win the Battle Royal. So, oh. one number one, false pretenses of this Battle Royal right off the bat. Mm -hmm. This was such a low-rated match. I think it got, like, negative three stars on most things. Negative three stars. And the purpose of it as well was Santino Morella's act was getting old, and Mr. McMahon liked Santino Morella. So he's like, okay, we'll do this. You're going to dress in drag and make yourself look like an ass, which obviously he did. Um, Peanut Gallery, you remember when they were doing this whole rivalry with Santina Morella, correct? I uh, I, choose, I choose to forget that. Yeah, um, it was dropped like 
right. at least a month and a half right. after the fact because it was ridiculous and stupid. They mentioned it periodically throughout, but everybody caught on the shtick. Um, it was just awful. Right. And I say this. Right. I, I chose this one for a couple of particular reasons. At least now that women's wrestling is taken yes. more seriously, women are now starting to be integrated into men's wrestling with Tessa Blanchard, Charlotte Flair right. being even talked right. about going for a secondary men's title. Right. Which is great because I think that if you really want them to be equal, have right. them actually be equal. And some of the women's wrestling right now, especially in WWE, is the best stuff on the show. Right. But this is at this point. It was so – it seems like a distant memory about Santina Morella. Right. But it wasn't really. Right. And it's it's such a different thing, and that's why I chose that one. Let's talk about death. Now, with wrestler's death, I could say, oh, what about fake wrestler's death? No, no, no. I want it to be incorporated to an actual wrestler's death. Right. Initially, I was going to choose the exploitation of Eddie Guerrero. But – I wanted to choose this one because I think this one really predicated on a lot of different things and a lot of different people, and this one was an actual, like, murder death. I'm talking about the Carlos Colon and Invader Number 1 storyline over the death of Bruiser Brody. Um, Invader Number 1 was the gentleman who stabbed Bruiser Brody. Ah. Um, Invader Number 1 also... Um, he was never actually in a jail cell one iota. Huh. He was sent to jail, and right. he was um, he was bailed out in a span of two hours huh. after he was jailed for the murder. Wow. Uh, the, the jury came back of self-defense. Okay. He was acquitted of all charges okay. relating to the death based on a self-defense argument. Okay. He was still revered in Puerto Rico. Right. No matter what, even after. So I right. think Puerto Ricans should be fucking ashamed of themselves for not only allowing him to continue to wrestle, right. but still revering him as one of the most popular acts for the next 25 years after. Right. Which is disgusting. Carlos Colon's WWC at the time was also going downhill because of it, because everyone was covering it. Right. And all of the male wrestle and all of the wrestlers who were drawing really big like Abdullah the Butcher, Tony Atlas, Dutch Mantel, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera, they decided to leave right. out of protest of what happened of that right. just egregious act. So Carlos Colon came out of retirement and challenged Invader number one, where they never explicitly said for the death of Bruiser Brody. It was, and I quote Right. What you did to Brody. That right. is what the entire thing was. There are promos out there. It's hard to find because they did a very good job about hiding that disgusting thing. And Carlos Colon is no saint. He is, his entire Hall of Fame bullshit for the WWE Hall of Fame should be revoked. 100%. Uh -huh. But um, Carlos Colon won the rivalry overall. And right. that was a consensus. And this happened for maybe about a month and a half, two months um, there. It did draw very well in Puerto Rico, which I think, once again, these people are sick. Well, because they're this literally a it's literally a murderer doing then, an angle about with, with, the with person the, with that the he promoter, murdered with the promoter. That's right. With the promoter who was overseeing it and then said, "Oh, he's fine. We'll just continue to hire him." 
This is why I chose this. Right. Because there was no resolution for Bruiser Brody. Right. Which I find despicable within of itself. Mm -hmm. um, a wrestling legend. And so taken to where... Because Bruiser Brody was murdered over... Because Brody wanted to take over the WWC. Right. He had a reputation about protecting the boys. Right. And going against the promoters. Right. And he had a vested interest in Puerto Rico at the time. Right. But... Um, ugh, like it, it's so disgusting on how Carlos Colon mm -hmm. took advantage of it because he was the booker at the time too. Right. And Invader Number One was also a booker at the time as well. Right. So they decided to predicate on the Bruiser Brody murder against each other and not explicitly say it, but imply it of right. what you did to Brody. What are you guys doing? Right. And not these two. They don't. They're not always at fault. It was also the Puerto Rican wrestling-based fans, right? Who not only so praised these two right. as legends, but of any reporter who tried to talk about it, they were shunned out of Puerto Rico. Right? They got mad about it because they were like, "Oh, he was acquitted. He was acquitted. You know, he did it." Like, God damn it! Right. Like, as I was, I was doing research on this, I finally found an article talking about this. Also, this happened in the mid-90s. Like, and the murder happened in 1988. Jesus. It was less than 10 years after the death that they decided to do this rivalry. Okay. Oh, yeah, well, okay. Well, if it happened, like, right after, it's one thing, but, eh. It, well, it, it was right there. It was, like, five years after they decided right. to do this. And it was it was disgusting, number one. Um. It, it it just made me so mad. I'm like right. the, the whole exploitation the whole exploitation of Eddie Guerrero is gross, mm -hmm. but they did not actually have like a murderer actually do that rivalry. Right. That's why I chose it. <gasps> Excuse me. And the final one, I'm gonna do at least one that's a little bit different for race. I chose Muhammad Muhammad Hassan, mm -hmm. where he was an Arab American, but more specifically. He was a Jor he was a Jordanian 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 excuse for the pronunciation Pakistani uh, Palestinian American, Palestinian not Pakistani maybe I should um, highlight this <laughs> um, that whole gimmick where he was born in America but he had these roots and then he was being discriminated because it was a thing. And it was post 9/11. This was post 9/11. This happened they he debuted in 2004-2005. Right. Like pretty raw like, right like, after right, the Right, like attacks. right there in the middle of the invasions of Afghanistan and mm -hmm. Iraq. Like that was that was news. Now, the gimmick that McMahon wanted to do was a heel Iranian character. He right. wanted it to be your standard Iron Sheik, Nikolai right. Volkov, I Hate America. But Jim Cornette was the one who came up with the idea of him being born in America, but discriminated against him right. because of his heritage. Right. My problem with this rivalry, number one, I love the rivalry, and right. I thought it got great heat, which was great. Right. My problem with this rivalry was it made wrestling fans look like a bunch of racist bigots. Yeah. And that was kind of annoying. Which only it. applies to about 90% of us. Right. <laughs> it really it really was. Um, I remember watching Muhammad Hassan live, and I loved his stuff. I thought his stuff was great. Yeah. Um, also, the wrestler himself was very good. Right. Um. 
but the gimmick, you know, the Arab Muslim. It kind of it, it kind of fuzzled out. Oh yeah, it, well no, it wasn't that. But this got Arab and Muslim groups up in arms as soon as he debuted, right? Because they believed that Muhammad Hassan was an unfair right. portrayal of Arab Americans. Right. I did not know that too, which right. I thought was kind of cool, but. The problem was, it was fine because it was getting headlines, right. and the numbers were actually going up, right. which was what they, they wanted, and right. Muhammad Hassan was going to win the world heavyweight champion from Batista. Right. But, this is what happened. They taped SmackDown on July 4th, 2005, with the infamous Undertaker thing where Muhammad Hassan was praying, right. masked men with, um, you know, ski masks and uh, piano wire choking right. out The Undertaker and Muhammad Hassan attacking him right. because of that. Right. This aired on July 7th of that year, the same day as the London bombings. Right. <laughs> the timing. <laughs> Number one, the timing was incredibly impeccable. But it couldn't have is, been. It could have been worse. This, this is when the network said, "If you continue," because the network at this point was like, "Who was who was the network at the time? Was that you? Was that uh, UPN? UPN? Okay. This was this was UPN at the time. Um, they decided they wanted Muhammad Hassan off, off of the television, entirely, right? Um, because it just got so much unbelievable. He, I remember, right? Like weeks upon weeks upon weeks right. of just non-stop thing about this storyline. Right. Despite them... And then what happened ultimately? Did did uh, Muhammad Hassan and Undertaker just say, gone, done, that's it? Um, Muhammad they were they threatened the cancellation of Raw and SmackDown. Oh, wow. Um, Because of it. Right. And they said, the only ultimatum that we're going to give you is that you have to take Muhammad Hassan off of television. Right. So this led up to the Great American Bash right. of that year where The Undertaker put uh, Muhammad Hassan through the stage. Right. And that he, was it. Yes. Um, he never showed up on television again, right. Muhammad Hassan, and he was released. Right. He basically retired from wrestling, right. but he made an appearance, I think, like in 2016. Right. Um, for an indie show right. under the Muhammad Hassan gimmick. Ah, okay. Um, for like an offshoot. Right. Um, he right now is a... He's actually a principal yep. in a very good-paying job, and he's very happy. Right. Um, he retired that time. He right. did not wrestle anywhere else, and he has no interest in getting back in the ring. Right. I chose this one because I liked the gimmick right. then, and I like the gimmick now. I it was a very controversial gimmick, but it, it, it uh, Muhammad exactly. Hassan portrayed his character very well. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that lent credence to the quality, and that's why he was in a program with The Undertaker. Right. Um, he was main event essentially the entire right. time that he was on television. Right. So um, with that being said, the only part that I did not like – I. My thing was about this whole angle. Yeah. It was risky for them to do something right. like that in the first place. Right. People would have been mad about it, but it would have been whatever – but it aired. Right. And if this was at any other point in time, I believe that they right. couldn't – this was going to be a really difficult thing to cut out and edit. Right. Espe <coughs> excuse me. Especially because they had just a couple of hours. They could have done something. Yeah, they could have. But they didn't. They right. aired it with a disclaimer saying 
that what happened today does not blah 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 blah. Right. Um, that does not show the show that share the views. This was taped. right. Um, this was the first instance of them actually saying that this was a pre-taped show. Right. Because most people did not know this at the time. Right, that it was pre-taped on Tuesdays. Right. This was a death nail for the Muhammad Hassan character. Right, it was. Um, so. That's it. Yeah, really, that was it. Peanut Gallery, was there anything about the gimmicks that I said that you enjoyed mm, about it? That Nope. No, nothing to add. Okay. Um, do you want to do a break and then your Well, break? yeah, because you're already 16 minutes into this one. so <laughs> Well, come on. You we're to... we're going to take a short break. When we come back, we're going to do mine. Yes. And we are back. We're talking about peanut galleries, rivalries, and go. So my, my, my uh, I guess, the storylines that I were assigned was a storyline revolving around a real-life situation, mm -hmm. um, around religion. Mm -hmm. and around sibling rivalries. Yes. So, we're going to first talk about real-life situations. And the one I chose was Adam Pac-Man Jones. And the reason I the reason that um, I chose Adam uh, Adam Jones, and I'll just call him Jones from or Jones or Pac-Man from now on, but the reason I chose Pac-Man is because at the time he was not having a great 2007. So he had a contract with TNA from July 2007 up until his release in October of 2007. The reason that he was able to do this was because in April of 2007, he was suspended by the National Football League for a year due to his off-field off antics, I guess you could say. Very well known for his off-field antics, and um, what happened was the uh, he was with the Titans at the time, and he was transitioning. Uh, ultimately, he would transition to be traded away from the Titans, but the Titans just did not want him because the Tennessee Titans were were concerned about his off-field problems. Right. Um, so what was what was the event that led to it? So anyway. the event that so there was a very infamous well-known event that happened February 2007 after an altercation at a strip club here in Las Vegas. So, um, it was Adam Pacman Jones, a rapper. I can't remember the rapper's name off the top of my head. And then one of his friends went to a strip club in Las Vegas, uh, got into an altercation about money. And, and Adam Pacman Jones is very well known for like making it rain with the $1 bills at the strip clubs. Yes. So what happened was he was making it rain and then he got into a fight with a couple of other patrons at the bar. He left, and then the other patrons also left with a bag of, like, $81,000 worth of cash. Oh, my God. And so I, I, I don't know if it was all Adam Pacman Jones money, but it was a lot of money. He, right. So what happened was Adam Pacman Jones and an entourage came back, and, and one of the people in the entourage shot the place up. Yep, and um, it hit a guard twice, and in the chest area, I believe. Uh, but he was protected. But a wrestler named Tommy Urbanski was paralyzed from the waist down after yep. a gunshot struck I think, his I think back. Was, if I'm not mistaken, he was also the club promoter. Yes, as well. Yes, and yes, which is why he was, which is why he was there. Yep. in the first place. Um, so uh, he. So this the the period of time in which he was signed with TNA was also the period in time in which uh, it was between his arrest 
and the trial. So the trial didn't happen until like November, December he, of that year. And he was suspended for like a season. Right. He was suspended from the NFL for an entire year. It was never rescinded. Like uh, Goodall and, and all the other people that were in charge never rescinded the suspension. So he was suspended for the entire year. Um, but needless to say, 2007 was a very rough time for Pac-Man. But he comes into TNA because reasons. Well, at the point, TNA was desperate to right. get... They were, they were desperate to get ratings. They were desperate yep. to get money, uh, to get views and stuff like that. So signing someone that's controversial as Adam Pac-Man Jones can't go wrong. The problem is that Adam Pac-Man Jones could not wrestle due to the terms of his his uh, the, N- the, NFL the, the, contract. The, the NFL agreed that he would appear on TNA because Adam Pac-Man Jones already signed it. Right. In the condition... Because they didn't want him injured or the potential right. to get injured. And see, I think the NFL does it for all of their um, all the people that do stuff like this. I mean, Rob Gronkowski, we had the same problem. Right. Like, once he signed that NFL contract, he could no longer take hard bumps. So, Adam Pac-Man Jones could, could appear on television, but he couldn't wrestle. So, he was literally there... As a showpiece. He was a glorified and very highly paid valet who did no wrestling. Ron Ron Killings and Consequences Creed did all of the wrestling for him. Yep. And they won the tag team champions too. So he and so Pac, but, but the, but the Pac-Man was, and Ron Killings were tag team champions for right. about a month. Right. But Pac-Man Jones did no wrestling. Took no hits, no bumps, nothing. Um, But they did – so – this thing was definite that it did get eyes on the product. It did. It did. It got a lot and of also, eyes on the and product. also, Team Pac-Man was getting very popular, too. Yes, they were. So, they was very popular. And the reason I chose this was because they were essentially exploiting the fact that Adam Pac-Man Jones had a very long track record and nothing to lose. But it did not sit very well with a lot of other people because yep. it's like, why is he on television? Why isn't he in prison for this connection? Right. I mean, it was just awful. He gave he gave up the name of the person who shot up the place right. like a year or two after the incident. Right. In fact, he even said during that time that he denied knowing who did it. Yeah. He, he didn't even. He said, "I didn't even know that person." It was a part of his entourage. It was. Though. It, it was actually a member so, of his entourage. So of course, you know that. Yeah. I mean, it was. It was just the. It's, it's fine to bring in talent from outside the promotion. I mean, but w- just not someone in that kind of a position where he's about to be going on trial for accessory to murder. Now people, now people were comparing the signing of Pac-Man Jones. I remember this. They compared that to when Mike Tyson signed with the WWF. The difference is, is that Mike Tyson right. was controversial in the sport, not outside of it. And also, he was, like, being aggressive and right. biting people, I mean, not Adam, shooting somebody and paralyzing right. somebody. I mean, Adam Pacman Jones does not have a lot of controversy on the field. He's, he was just a cornerback for... Uh, not a quarter, a cornerback for yeah. um, various football teams throughout his career. Um, but it was the stuff that happened outside because he has like, if you look, he has like, he has like, 
God, how many arrests? He probably has dozens of arrests on his record. I mean, this guy is screwy outside the field. Yep. And that was the problem was that it was the problems were not inside, were not on the football field. They were outside of it. Right. And it wasn't it wasn't just a matter of, oh, he bites one person here, does this person there. They lit- He literally shot up a strip club. Well, he didn't. Well, he did it, but his entourage did. Yes. He, he essentially said, let's shoot this place up. Right. Because I need my money. Right. Anyway. Anyway, so that was the first storyline. The second one is going to be a little bit shorter. The one about uh, about a sibling rivalry. And sibling rivalries are very well known in the wrestling industry. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to talk about the Bellas when they had their storyline. And the reason I chose this one was because... It, it wasn't because of some of the things that they said, but they did say some pretty gnarly things to one another. As brothers, I would I, I wouldn't even fathom like, like, saying like, that like, like my Brie, brother. Like Brie Bella saying to Nikki Bella, I wish you died in the womb. But what happened was WWE invested a lot of time in this storyline. Like, yeah. this was the focal point of... I mean, when I think about the Divas era, this is the storyline that I think of. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I think of this is because the Bellas were essentially on top the entire time. And they sucked. They sucked then. They still suck today. They suck in the ring. They suck out of the ring. They suck with wrestling. And they suck with promos. And that was the problem. The Bellas are not good at acting. They're not good at wrestling. So you have them become the top stars in your company? Because they're hot twins. I mean, yeah, exactly. So, and I chose this is because it was just terrible, and it reinforced this male soap opera stereotype that yep. people often associate with wrestling. Right, and it really went against their mold of family friendly because it's like so you have two terrible wrestlers who are only there because they're dating and related and married to very very high up ranking stars at the time. Right. And you put them into a storyline, and then you wonder why your ratings were in the tank is because people didn't care to see Brie or Nikki Bella. I mean, they sucked. They were just terrible. It was a terrible way of using a, a storyline between siblings. And, and yeah, some of the stuff they said was absolutely despicable. But yep. I don't have much more to say about it because there wasn't really anything particularly memorable about it either. No, there wasn't really. Like you, The I, only thing I remember is I wish you I wish you died in the womb. That was, yeah. that was the only thing I remember out of this entire storyline because yep. that's how bad it was. Right. Now let's go to one. It's one of my personal favorites yes. in a lot of different ways. Yes. So... Um, the I'll last, be right back. So the last one is on religion, and this one I have cho- I chose, I chose, bleh, I chose um, Raven and the Sandman, that very famous crucifixion angle. So Raven and the Sandman have had a legendary rivalry throughout the years. During the feud, Raven allied himself to the returned Lori Fullington and brainwashed her and the Sandman's real-life son, Tyler, into joining his cult-like following. So, a, a cult leader, cult-like leader, that is very common um, within... It's a, very, it's a very popular story type um, within the wrestling community, especially in the 90s. So, um, 
Raven psychologically attacked the Sandman by having his son deny his relationship with his father, telling Tyler that his parents' divorce was the Sandman's fault, and making him perform Raven's trademark taunt and other mannerisms. This was this was the Sandman's real life son. Yep. So and they were going through an right. actual divorce, and I think the son was he was very young. Too. Yeah, he was. So these actions started a a series of many blood matches and i really like i right I, honestly i really like the storyline but, at that but point. it was the conclusion of the feud that shocked fans the most on october 26 1996 the sandman son interfered to match between raven and the sandman and helped his father so the son returns the sandman's side after the match the two uh the two embraced but raven came from behind with a kendo stick and smacked his enemy. Stevie Richards and Blue Meanie came out to the ring, got a wooden cross out from under the ring, then tied the Sandman down to it, then lifted it up and crucified him. And fun fact, Sandman actually was the one who built the cross too. Yes, and then carried him out of the building. Yep. And so... Like Crown of Thorns, whole yeah, nine yards. Yeah, like it was... And, and the incident caused the whole arena to just go silent as it happened. Marking the first time that even the ECW fans or the mutants were left speechless, and the mutants were called fans at the time, you know. Um, with ECW fearing possible backlash, Raven was ordered to break out of character and apologize. Also, um, Kurt Angle, yes, after Kurt, winning the gold medal, yes, he was in the Kurt, building. Kurt Angle was in the building at the time, and the WWE, and he told the WWE that he, not, did, that he did not want any footage of him during that incident to be released. Yep, um, he, he was, was the he first was, time. He was, so, he was yes. so infuriated because he was, Kurt Angle was a very devout religious man. Right. And, that was the first time he actually was ever experienced in ECW because right. he was about to sign with them. Right. So, so that so we we know about that only because of the uh, of his words in the rise and fall of ECW. Yep. Um, so to this day, you can't see any footage of Kurt Angle being there, but he was in the building at the time. And what was most despicable about it was, um, even though they said it wasn't a blatant misrepresentation or, or a mockery of religion, technically you shouldn't be doing that. The, technically, that is a sort of mockery of a religion because right. you're, you're, you're incorporating religious symbolism into this into Rightfully. this and and many people could see it as a traumatic thing yep um and and television won't even produce that kind of stuff i mean how often do you see crucifixions happen on tv the only time when it's explicit is if it's already implied that it's a religious thing. Right. Like, they won't do it on a regular thing. They'll do it on something like, whatever, Passion of the Christ, right. because we know already what we're getting ourselves into. Right. So, that was the reason I chose this one, was just because of the, the incident that happened where Raven had to break character and apologize. I think that was like the first time in ECW ever that they actually yeah, had to they do had to something, do something, something like, that. like that, right? And ECW is known for their controversial things, but this one, this is one of like the three things that I remember out of ECW that was yep. controversial. Yep. And and so that's kind of why I chose that as my religious topic. And and th like I said, there were other there were other like Holt things at the time and it was a very hot 
hot item, mm-hmm. but nothing went as far as that. Right, exactly. All right, um, that is it for us. Yeah, so, so what is next week's topic? So next week's topic is going to be another retrospective, and it's going to be on Lucha Underground. This yeah. is a peanut gallery topic. Yes, it is. So we better put in some work and send me some stuff so I can do some research this week instead of that day. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> um, thank you all for listening. If you did enjoy, remember to follow the channels and share with your friends and follow us on social media. And become a patron because not next week, but the week after, not only are we covering Clash of Champions, but for the first time ever, we're going to be covering CMLL for their 87th anniversary show. Hooray! So, Peanut Gallery is just so thrilled. I am. It's going to be really funny. So, uh, thank you all for listening. Uh, Become a patron. Uh, There's going to be links in the description wherever you're watching this. And as always, be majestic.